ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. Back with you again on the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Mike Randall here with Scott Burke. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. You can follow my illustrious partner, Scott, SCOT557. Scotty, big day today. I mean, it's only the first week. We have four teams that have opened minicamp. We have the Bears, we have the Lions, we have the Dolphins, and we have the Patriots. But it appears that we have a lot of news, don't we? Yeah, sure does. Uh, very early on here. The camp mini camps opening up, but there's definitely a lot of news uh, coming through the wire. Uh, we definitely got some big news uh, earlier this afternoon that affects uh, that big team up north, huh? Yeah, we'll get into our news and notes right away. There's that whistle first quarter coming right at you. Picking up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. We have four quarters. We have our topics tonight. I should give a preview here to our, our listeners. We have news and notes. We have the 1v1 debate. Who's going to have a better season? Scott and I go back and forth on who's going to have a better season between two two players. We have several sets of that. We have fantasy end-of-the-season schedules, and we're also going to throw in the two players we have no exposure to. And our fourth quarter will be Dynasty tonight, folks. Dynasty, rookie draft. We're going to go through one I actually participate in, and my partner is going to rip me apart here and tell me how I did a terrible job. So certainly we have a lot to talk about. Very excited. News and notes. Here we go. Let's start with the big one today. Julian Edelman, it comes out, is suspended four games for violating the league substance abuse policy. Of course, he'll appeal. Does, does anybody not appeal, by the way? What are your thoughts on Julian Edelman and the rest of the Patriot wide receivers to start the season? Hey, listen, it brings up an interesting situation. You know, the Patriots brought in a bunch of these wide receivers, Jordan Matthews, a Cordero Patterson of sorts, who had some, you know, big time, uh, you know, outlooks for them when they first came out in the draft and they really haven't lived up to their potential. So you got to assume one of these guys might step in the role, who it might be. Oh, I, mean, I think I, we know who it's going to be. My <laughs> guy, Jordan Matthews, isn't it? Yeah, that's who you hope it's going to be. <laughs> who knows, though? I mean, it could be him. I would, I would venture to say he gets the first crack at it. I mean, you know, look at Julian Edelman here as a wide receiver 32 right now when you look at drafts. 74th overall. Listen, four games is four games. It's a quarter of the season. Yeah, uh, he'll appeal uh, and probably lose the appeal as most of they do, most of them do on these PEDs. Yeah, you just like for you know all these guys to just man up and say, you know, I did it. I messed up. You know, you know, Wellington Castillo in Major League Baseball was the first guy I ever heard say, "Yep, I did it. I made a mistake. I'll own up to it." Let, Very let it good. Be. But, good call. Yeah. All of these guys, they they appealed. They didn't do it. It was the wrong supplement, vitamin, whatever it was. But regardless, you know, it's it's Brady's. Favorite target, other than Gronk, no Amendola. So now you got a bunch of these guys, a Malcolm Mitchell. Maybe he comes in to play. You just got a lot of these guys who may have to take the next step. But four games hurts Edelman. Um, you know, many people look at him as a wide receiver two on their team, maybe a wide receiver three of sorts, depending. So it'll hurt fantasy uh, players for sure, and it's definitely going to hurt the Patriots. If this was me and I got attacked for using illegal substances, which, by the way, I don't know if you know this story. I may have actually run on an illegal substance. Did you ever hear this? Ble- I didn't. Uh, we were running at the Penn Relays final. It was sold over the counter. <laughs> that I think sounds I, that sounds legit. I, I, <laughs> I think nowadays it may be legal, but the running joke of my friends was that I ran on something illegal. Now, listen, it was out in the open. It was Blue Thunder. You bought it at GNC, but who knows? The point is this. If I had gotten caught, I would be able to give you a list of stuff that I ate and drank. So would you, right? And I would yeah. just put it out there on Twitter and say, this is what I ate. You tell me what was illegal. And we know it's Blue Thunder. So the point that him and Mark Ingram say that they don't know and they have no idea, it's ridiculous. Very quickly to you, Mark Ingram or Julian Edelman, who is more value this year in fantasy? 
I think Mark Ingram has more value in fantasy this year. You don't think um, he gets I, in the doghouse with Sean Payton, who hates him normally? You know what? <laughs> you know, it's possible he does, but I, I, I have this feeling that Kamara is going to have a tough time for six weeks without, without Ingram, uh, shouldering the load by himself. Uh, Ingram, that one year Ingram was the only guy he struggled. When he had a partner and he got Kamara, they both kind of fed off each other. I mean, I think it's going to be tough sliding for Kamara, so I think they're going to need Ingram. So I think whether or not he'll be in the doghouse or not, I think Ingram will make a big impact when he gets back because I think it'll help sway the balance between him and Kamara and help both of them fantasy-wise. Next one, my, my arch enemy from last year, Kareem Hunt, allegedly punched a man in the face at an Ohio resort on Sunday morning after a verbal altercation. This is not the first time. There was one in February with a 19-year-old woman who said Hunt pushed her in the hotel, but then again, it came out that she used the N-word or something to Hunt. I have no idea. What I do know is Hunt rushed for an NFL leading 1,327 yards and eight rushing touchdowns while catching 53 passes for 455 yards and three touchdowns as well. Does this affect Kareem Hunt in any way? I mean, I think the fact that they're not this, this gentleman, this young man's not going to press charges plays it's a positive factor in Kareem Hunt's way. You know, it really depends on what the NFL does. You know, Roger Goodell's a loose cannon. He likes to suspend people. He likes to make statements. He likes to do what he can do. You know, who knows if that's the route he's going to go. We'll have to see how that plays out for Kareem Hunt. Let's next one. We'll go to Washington. Jay Gruden expresses excitement about Darius Geis, rookie Darius Geis running back as a receiver. They have Chris Thompson there. Darius Geis, the question is, can he catch the ball? Is he a three down back? He was in LSU. He was very exciting. But the question is, is Chris Thompson going to get the passes? Who's going to be there? I see Darius Geis. There's things on Twitter of him catching passes. I remember last year, I saw Terrell Pryor catching balls in the end zone too, and that didn't exactly work out. So what do you think about Darius Geis? Do you think he's a legit three down back? Is he going to be the rookie this year that finishes in the top 12 because there's one almost every year for the last six years. Hey, listen, I last year I thought that Jordan Howard was catching more passes too and he had a chance to really make an impact in all three sets of downs. I think it's coach speak. Get Darius guys, they get those carries first and second down. Chris Thompson did too much last year to really not be a factor in this offense, in my opinion. He was lights out down the stretch. He was lights out every time he got a chance running and receiving. Could guys crack the top 12? It's possible. We'll find out early on. I mean, I wouldn't say any higher than the top 12, borderline 10, 11, 12. He would crack it. I don't think any better than that, but I don't think you can discount what Chris Thompson did for the Redskins last year. Guy's still a rookie. Thompson did a lot for them, and I can't see them just rolling this kid out there 90% of the times and just kind of pushing Thompson to the side. So Thompson, to me, still gets the third down work. Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur sees Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis as 1A and 1B running backs. I think this is stupid. Your thoughts? Yeah, Sam, we've seen this story before. Look, got to give Derrick Henry. We talked about this last week, last episode. Derrick Henry's got to get the shot to run with this job and see if he can handle the workload. Deion Lewis is a nice complimentary back, but I, to me, this is a one and a two B situation. And Scott, interesting to point out here. I was going back and forth with Rich Rebar on Twitter about this. Satellite backs or pass catching backs usually are home runs in fantasy when you get them late in the draft. When these satellite pass-catching backs start getting draft capital near the fifth and sixth round, that's where they don't return value. Sure, you want to get Alvin Kamara. Sure, you want to get Chris Thompson. You don't get them this early. It's very care. You have to be very careful with these pass-catching third-down satellite specialists. And please, he's not getting the majority of the work. He's never been a three-down back except for a small group of games. It's not going to happen, especially with that bruiser there. I just don't think that players like Deion Lewis are going to return value. I have no interest in him. 
And Derrick Henry certainly – now he's in the third round. Scott, just absolutely ridiculous. I'm with you. I think this is bluster. Please, Matt LaFleur, keep driving down Derrick Henry's ADP. I'll be very happy. Absolutely. Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, they had – like I said, they started minicamp this week. He said the offense is a, quote, wide-open attack with, quote, so many options. I can't even begin to say where it starts. This matter to you? Sure it does. Includes my boy Trey Burton. Definitely matters to me. (laughs) Absolutely, it should matter. Now, I don't know how much it matters to Mitchell Trubisky and us as fantasy players if he's going to give you any type of fantasy value, but it should matter to Bears fans alike who hope to see an offense that maybe puts up some points, grows a little bit, and maybe we look at Trubisky as someone we target maybe in the year 2019. I love Anthony Miller, the rookie wide receiver they have there. I expect him to be their second best receiver. I don't think it matters to Trey Burton. You and I, that last year we had Melvin Gordon. This year we have Trey Burton. I think it does matter, partner, to Tariq Cohen, though, because I think Tariq the Freak is going to have a very Tyreek Hill-esque role in that Bears offense. Yeah, but we don't like Tyreek Hill, so how important of a role is it going to be? Uh, I guess it's all where they're drafted. Tyreek Hill was going very early. Now Tariq Cohen, I don't think he's going that high. Where's Tariq no, Cohen? No, he's not. Where's Tyreek Hill is still going. Tariq Cohen, 95th on Fantasy Pro's. RB35. Yeah, I got him RB37 on Fantasy Football Calculator, round eight. See, to me, that's fine. That's what I'm talking about. There's a, that's my example, Scott. Tariq Cohen, satellite back, round eight, no problem. Deion Lewis, satellite back, round five or six, problem. I think there's a big how, difference. How about Tariq Cohen and Rex Burkhead? I got them right next uh, to each other. Yeah, I, you know, I thought on Rex Burkhead. <laughs> <laughs> I take Rex Burkhead in round four. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm going to look into the eye of the dragon. I'm not afraid of Patriot running backs. I'm going to embrace Patriot running backs because I hit it right. It's a guaranteed home run. Good news for the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, that affects the defense, of course, are progressing well at this point. Neither is expected to start training camp on the PUP list. After a rough 2017, Houston will be very healthy. What does this mean for the Texans? It means DeAndre Hopkins is looking good. It means Deshaun Watson's looking good. And it means once they figure out who the running back's going to be, what situation they're looking at, the offense could click. Will Fuller's going to have some value. This is a good situation. Watson stays healthy. We saw he can play in this game, and I think he's here for the long haul. As long as he stays healthy, uh, you're looking at some good some good value here. I mean, Hopkins is going to be solid. Watson's going to be solid. And I think Foreman ultimately takes over that running back job for Miller as a full-time starter, so that, that's what you're looking at. Hashtag team backfield drafting. There you go. Whistle's coming in. We're going to the second quarter. 1v1 debate. My partner and I are going to have a debate. I have no idea where he stands on these. So I'm very excited. We may agree. We may not agree. Partner, you will go first. If we talk about, let's assume, you can tell me PPR and standard, but for the most part, let's assume at least some sort of PPR, half point or one, right? Yeah, I got everything looked at half point PPR yeah, here for that's what fair. we talk about. Very good. So the first one up, two wide receivers that are very highly thought of. Do you like Michael Thomas or do you like Keenan Allen? Folks, we have five of these that we're going to do here, and this was by far the hardest one for me to pick a side on because I, I really like both of these players, and I think they're both in a great situation. I'm going to lean towards Michael Thomas. Um, for me, last year, 75% of the time was a wide receiver two or better. That's second best, only behind DeAndre Hopkins. He's gonna, he's still indoors. He's still got Drew Brees. You're looking at him really being the go-to guy here. Ted Ginn is there. We know that. There's a Brandon Coleman there. But when you look at this, this is Michael Thomas's offense from the wide receiver standpoint, as it is Keenan Allen for the Chargers. But Keenan Allen's going to have to deal with Terrell Williams. Does Mike Williams take that next step? Does he become a red zone threat to take looks away from Allen? We know they got no tight end in Hunter Henry. I still believe Antonio Gates will be back. And whether or not he offers anything other than a red zone threat still kind of takes away from Keenan Allen. These two are really right there. You know, One's a wide receiver five right now. The other a wide receiver six. 
for me, Michael Thomas got the easier schedule. Strength of schedule for him is 16th, composed to Keenan Allen, 29th ranked strength of schedule for wide receivers. Gun to my head, you had to take one or two, one of these guys of the two. I lead Michael Thomas. It's close, but for me, it's Michael Thomas. This is very close. I have him now going at Michael Thomas going as wide receiver five, middle of the fifth round. Keenan Allen going wide receiver seven, middle of the fifth round, middle of the second round. They're both basically equal. I would have said Michael Thomas before the Hunter Hunter Henry injury. I will now say Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen last year, and again, it's very interesting. Thomas is a pretty good athlete. Keenan really isn't great. 4.71 40-yard dash time. This is all from playerprofiler.com coming out of college. He's not fast. His speed burst is not great, but he just gets the job done. He was fifth in targets last year. He was third in red zone target share. He had 24 targets in the red zone. He only had seven total touchdowns, which is a little bit low for a guy who's getting his target as much as he is. 102 receptions, third in receiving yards, 1393 with no Hunter Henry. I think it's Keenan Allen. It's wheels up. Mike Williams, Terrell Williams, enough. You know my thoughts, uh, Virgil Green maybe, but in the end, they're going to pass the ball and Keenan Allen is going to eat. And I really like the Chargers. You know, I have some issue with them. I just love them every single year. So we disagree on the first one. Second one, Christian McCaffrey or Jarek McKinnon, two satellite backs plus. That's probably come as a surprise because there's a big McCaffrey fan guy last year. I am on the McKinnon train here. I think Jarek McKinnon going to this offense with Jimmy Garoppolo. You have a Marquise Goodwin who could stretch the field. Pierre Garçon, a veteran wide receiver threat that we know. And McKinnon offers you both. He can run between the tackles if need be. I know he's not the greatest, but he can. And he also catches that ball. And also, who else is there? The Maprieta experiment really went nowhere last year with Carlos Hyde. You can tell me Joe Williams is going to be a factor to me. For, he's going to enter this as a, in the Devonta Freeman role in this Shanahan offense. He's got Garoppolo. I like McKinnon here. See, we talked about this last time out. Christian McCaffrey. I think C.J. Anderson's a factor. I really do. I think C.J. Anderson's going to come in there. It's going to be a factor. He's going to take some touches away. I know they were talking about McCaffrey getting 200-plus touches. David Newton of ESPN reported that Rivera did a 180. At first, he said it wasn't possible. Now, he's looking at getting him 200. I just don't see how that can be possible. So you can tell me he's going to get 200 carries, and then he's going to get, what, 80 to 100 targets out of the backfield. To me, it's just it's too much to really hope for. Greg Olson is still there. He's a target machine. You bring in DJ Moore to play on the outside and the wide receiver. So, for me... I'm going Jarek McKinnon here. I'm a Jarek McKinnon believer. I think this is a right, a very, very good spot for him to be in. And I think he's going to offer you some good value here. We actually agree on this one. And, and you know, it's interesting because you can really pick apart Jarek McKinnon, McKinnon because he hasn't really done it yet, has he? I mean, he's Deion Lewis on steroids. He's had like a run, right? But he really hasn't uh, produced at that level. He had 11.1 fantasy points per game last year. Christian McCaffrey had 14.3 fantasy points per game in PPR formats, but I'm going with McKinnon. If you look at the San Francisco depth chart, exactly what you said. It's Jarek McKinnon, Joe Williams, Matt Breida, Jeremy McNichols, who I like, who's cut from Tampa Bay. There's no competition there. I'll buy into Shanahan. I'll buy into the satellite back. All the reasons you outlined beautifully is no reason for me to, to go over it. I'm with you on Jarek McKinnon. Next one, wide receivers in round three. And these are wide receiver extraordinaires because people are loading up on running backs early. So some great wide receiver value in round three. Scott, do you like Amari Cooper or Stefan Diggs? Well, the people that follow us on Twitter, I think they know where you're going. And I will tell you, <laughs> I'm going against you. I'm oh, taking okay, okay. Stefan Diggs Fair here. Good. And this is really, listen, it's Kirk Cousins over Case Keenum. Diggs was very productive last year to begin with. They got a pretty easy schedule from a wide receiver standpoint. Fantasy Pros ranks it the 10th easiest for wide receivers. He could stretch the field. 
And I think Diggs, many people think Thielen. I feel Diggs is the beneficiary here of a Kirk Cousins move. Thielen will be good, but I think Diggs really takes this next step, becomes that legitimate big-time wide receiver one threat. And for me, you know, Amari Cooper, you know, he's got the talent. Not sure where his head's at, if it's really there to really commit 100% to this. He's got the ability, but we haven't We've seen flashes. We haven't seen what we really expected. And, you know, last year he had 680 yards receiving. You know, 31% of it came in one game. So if you break that down, it's, it's really it's a really, really bad season. You bring in Jordy Nelson, who, yes, is older, had a connection with Aaron Rodgers, but he will take targets away. And then you bring in my boy Martavis Bryant to now become that deep threat, gets a new lease on life in Oakland. I expect him to be much better than he was last year. And, oh, by the way, their strength of schedule against wide receivers, 31st. So for me, it's Diggs, and this one's not close. Diggs is the popular answer. Among the fantasy analysts, they love Stefan Diggs. They talk about it. He had the great catch in the playoff game. I'm not buying it. I question his durability. He's a very thin guy. Cooper, if you look at John Gruden's travels, I know he has not coached for a long time. I understand that. But a leopard doesn't change its spots. Amari Cooper is going to get fed. He's going to get the, fed the ball. He's with Derek Carr. Derek Carr was injured last year. Now he's healthy. I love Cooper here. I don't believe in Stefan Diggs. He's one of the guys that I'm kind of avoiding. I remember last year I had him actually, Scott. He had the three touchdowns in the first week or whatever it is everybody's talking about. Then he does a disappearing act. He always has a, ha- a hamstring or he has an ankle or he has this. He has that. He also has Adam Thielen on the, on the, uh, on the roster there. I know he has Jordy Nelson. It's not the same thing. Thielen's a much better player than them. I'm going to disagree with you and go with Amari Cooper. So, good. But it's Thielen versus Jordy. And Martavis Bryant. Well, Martavis, come on. I mean, listen, Martavis, uh, listen you, you, there's a, there is a part of you that knows this will be a different year for him. I like, no, I like him. I like him. He's, he's a late round value. I think he's a feast or famine guy, but Amar, he's not going to affect Mari Cooper. I, I think Laquan Treadwell could affect Stefan Diggs more than, than Martavis Bryant will affect Mari Cooper. I really believe that. I also don't think that the uh, Raiders are going to pass the ball. I mean, run the ball a heck of a lot. I think Lynch is pretty much, I don't, they like to run the ball and they like to give it to Lynch, but they're not going to wear him out. And John Gruden may open it up there. I'm gonna ba- I'm gonna bank on Gruden. I'm gonna bank on his history with wide receiver ones, and I'm gonna go with Amari Cooper. Doug, what about Doug Martin? He may run the ball out there. Yeah, I'm not. Mm. Doug, Doug Martin's always a contract guy, right? A contract, yeah. two good years of contract guy. Next one, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. Who do you got in Detroit? Battle of the Lions wide receivers. I'm going Golden Tate. He's just consistent for me. He's been a top 34 wide receiver each of the last six seasons. Even despite the presence of Marvin Jones' breakout year last year, his big year, he still finishes the wide receiver 19, works the middle of the field. To me, Kenny Galladay takes the next step forward for the Lions. That affects Marvin Jones more than it affects Golden Tate. So I will go Golden Tate here over Marvin Jones. One of your golden rules in fantasy football that we all should have is fade the prior year efficiency. When you see somebody have a mass a great year, mass production on low receptions or low rushing attempts fade it the next year. It's very hard to repeat. I agree with you. Marvin Jones, 61 receptions, 1,100 receiving yards. 27th in receptions, top 10, number nine in receiving yards. Total touchdowns, ninth. Scott, he was third in receivers and total touchdowns. And there's somebody called Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay profiles like that X wide receiver and that red zone target. I'm with you four years in a row with Golden Tate. I know in standard leagues, he was not high. I think he was 25th, something like that. And in PPR leagues, he was 13th. I will take Golden Tate. He had a terrible start last year. Then he came on strong four years in a row, 90 receptions. And I think Galladay affects Marvin Jones. We agree. We're two and two. How about that? 
Here, let's see. Here comes the tiebreaker. Tiebreaker, last one. Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams? Somebody. Now, you want to throw in Ty Montgomery, partner? You can as well. But I think if a healthy Aaron Rodgers and this offense is going to click and they have a better secondary and a better defense, somebody's producing here. Is it Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams? I think the first crack is going to go to Aaron Jones. So by default, I'm going to take him and pick him. I don't know if either one of these is really going to light it up. Aaron Jones. I think he earned the job last year, what he showed and what he was able to do in the time he was out there. And you look at a guy like Jamal Williams, worst big play rate. He only had one run over 15 yards. It was a 25-yard run in a, on 153 carries. So that leaves you a little something to be worried about. I Meaning he's really not moving his feet. He can't, can't find a hole, can't break off that big play. I think Aaron Jones gives the ability to do that. I expect Ty Montgomery is going to eventually get back into that wide receiver role as well. Maybe you're going to use him once in a while in the backfield, but he really should get back out and become that wide receiver that he was drafted to be. So, if I, I mean, I probably am going to avoid both of these anyway come draft day, but if you're telling me I need to pick one of these two, I'm going to go Aaron Jones. And you know I have an issue with Jamal Williams because of that ridiculous game against Pittsburgh that I'm still furious about with their defense at home. Jamal, Jamal, Jamal Williams was useless for the entire year except for weeks 12, 13, and 14. Week 12, he was the RB2 in PPR formats. Week 13, he was the RB8. Week 14, he was the RB3. After that, RB66, RB49, RB17. Aaron Jones is the better all-around player. Jamal Williams does not have breakaway speed. He just got breakaway runs. I'm fading Jamal Williams, I'm going with Aaron Jones. I know there's the injury factor, but we agree on this one. So three and two. It's a new year, partner. It's 2018. We're agreeing too much. Three and two. Two we disagree on. I'm going with Aaron Jones. Third quarter. Always interesting to look at your fantasy end of season schedule. As you're doing your drafts, particularly your slow drafts. And Scott, you taught me this. Because to be fair, full disclosure, in 2015, when I won the title, A major reason, major reason I won the title is because you and I made a trade late in the year. I traded you Mark Ingram. You traded me Brandon Cooks. The reason that deal got done was because you remarked about their playoff schedule, their fantasy playoff schedule. And what clinched it for me is you said, I need a running back. You need a receiver. They're hosting Jacksonville at home in week 15. I remember this, or week 16 rather. It's as clear as day. He goes, that's what you want. Little luck on my side. We make the trade. Ingram gets injured <laughs> and Brandon Cooks goes bananas. So it's always good to look at the fantasy playoff schedules. I know this may not be important, but I think it's worth talking about here. So let's go team by team. I'll read the team and then you tell me your fantasy thoughts about players that you may want to target if this is important. Here we go. Carolina. They are home back-to-back partner weeks 15 and 16. So, I mean, obviously that will bode well for quarterback Cam Newton if you have him. If you've drafted him to be a quarterback, you'd love to see a quarterback like that who has the ability to scramble and make the big plays with with his arm, be at home during the fantasy championship playoffs. You know, most leagues are running 14 playoffs. Sometimes you get in these 16 playoffs. So, either way, you're looking at your semifinals and your finals here because we all know week 17 in fantasy football, if you're in one of those leagues, Get out. You're just wasting your money. So weeks 15 and 16 is key for a guy like Cam Newton. It's also key for Christian McCaffrey as well, getting those receptions out of the backfield. But for me, if C.J. Anderson's still on that field and he's healthy, this, these are prime times for him to be a big factor in a play, fantasy playoff situation. But while we're in Carolina, let me pick your brain on this one. There's a pretty divisive argument going on Twitter. Are you in Camp Funchess 
or DJ Moore. The Funches camp will tell you that he's still 23 years old, that when Kelvin Benjamin was traded, he produced, and that he's still young, he's going to get the targets, it doesn't matter. The DJ Moore people are going to tell you you can get him much, much later in the draft. They think Devin Funches really stinks. He's not that good. Greg Olson's coming back, so Funches is actually overvalued in ADP. Are you a Funches guy or a DJ Moore guy? I'm more of a Funches guy because, again, we talked about it last time, how the wide receivers, rookie wide receivers, really, it's really hard for them to make an impact. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously one of those guys, the exception to the rule. For me, Funches had some time to work with Cam Newton. He is still young. He's still got ability. I think he gets first crack at that number one, and I think he'll roll with it. Now, is his value worth the spot he's being drafted in at the current time? Maybe, maybe not. We'll figure that out as the season goes on. But if I, if you're asking me to take one of these two wide receivers, for me, I'm going to take Devin Funches, who, as I look at him here, is a wide receiver 30, going right around the seventh round as a 70th ranked overall player. Yeah, about in, 20 uh, picks later. More is about 20 picks later. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so, I mean, if you think about it, so you're looking at what, a round and a half? Two rounds tops. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm at 20 spots later. Wide receiver. You said, yeah, so it's about seventh round to 11th round. Roughly yes. seventh round to 11th round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a big difference, but, I mean, could more give you value in the 11th round? Sure. I think Funches offers better overall value for you, seventh round or not. I think he's the guy to target. This one is baffling to me, and I know their offense does not project to be good. I understand that. It is a big deal, in my opinion, that the Dallas Cowboys are home weeks 12, 13, 14, and 16. Quickly, I will give you the teams there. They are home against the Redskins. They are home against the Saints. They are home against the Eagles. Then they go at the Colts, and they're home against the Buccaneers. Partner, Redskins, Saints, Eagles at home, and Buccaneers. That makes a difference to me. I don't know who you're drafting besides Ezekiel Elliott, but that certainly makes a difference. I mean, well, that just justifies you drafting Elliott even you know, more. Right now he's projected behind Gurley, Bell, and David Johnson. But obviously those four running backs could go any which way in any draft that you're in. So when you're looking at a schedule like this and you know Ezekiel Elliott's going to bring on for the full season, you know what he's going to do. You know what he's capable of doing behind this offensive line. He's going to crank out nearly 100 yards a game. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to help mask the, the deficiencies that Dak Prescott has. So when you look at four home games down the stretch in the final five weeks of the fantasy season, and some of those matches like matchups like you said, the Bucks, the Saints, the Redskins, and the Eagles, I believe, some of those Redskins, especially Saints, especially you're looking at some really good matchups rushing wise, and Ezekiel Elliott will only justify the cause of him being a top five overall pick in your fantasy drafts. The next is the Colts. They're home week fifteen and sixteen, which of course is your typical fantasy playoffs. We need to know where you stand right now. Are you an Andrew Luck is coming back or he's not? Because if he's coming back, you look at your T.Y. Hilton, let Jack Doyle, whoever's going to be the running back, there's value here when you're home against the Cowboys and home against the Giants in 15 and 16. So I guess you got to tell me if you think Andrew Luck is back. It looks like he is. And then what do you think about the end of the schedule? Yeah, ultimately, I still think he doesn't come back. I don't think he'll be ready to go. That's what I said last episode. And for me, I don't think it really matters. At home, you get T.Y. Hilton in the Dome, in home. You get a Jack Doyle. Brissett did enough last year to make these guys productive. And those are very, two very, very uh, nice matchups at home for the Colts. They probably will not be playing for anything, but fantasy players alike will be hoping for their guys to play. T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, very, very, very key players there. And I think a Marlon Mack or even a Naeem Himes will leave some value as well. Um, I think it's regardless if Luck is there or not. These guys still give you value. I'm leaning towards Brissett. I need to see Luck throw the football. I understand it's still June, but I really need to see him get out there. 
and start to take part in some drills and then start to actually you know, get, you know, get a little contact. I know they don't hit anymore in practice, but just get a feel for what it's like to be in a real football game. Uh, so right now I'm banking on Jacoby Brissett still being the guy. Two teams that are not expected to do well. If you notice the pattern here, by the way, we're looking at teams that probably don't aren't thought to, to be very, very good here. I'm going to go back to back with you with Miami and the Jets. The Dolphins are home weeks 13, 14, and 16, and the Jets have that same indie schedule, home 15 and 16. The Dolphins first. You're looking at home Bills, home Patriots. They always play the Patriots tough at home, right? And then at Minnesota, but then they come home at Jacksonville for an intrastate rivalry. So what do you think about the Finns first? Yeah, I mean, they always play the Patriots well, but that Jacksonville game week 16 will be very tough, regardless of home or away. You're looking at what? Kenyon Drake, will he be the full-time guy? Does he get cut into at Bellage and Gore? So hey, did you, are- hey, Scott, did you hear about this whole thing with Devontae Parker? I guess Chris Chambers used to be a great wide receiver for the Dolphins, is running some athletic, uh, you know, try to train people faster, stronger. And he asked Devontae Parker to come five million times, and Devontae Parker turned him down. So they asked Chris Chambers, who's still very popular in Miami, to rate the Dolphins' wide receivers. He put... Kenny Stills first, he put Albert Wilson second, he put Devontae Parker third, and so Parker's like all ticked off. Just I don't know if you heard about that. It's a little bizarre. I didn't, but I'm sure he's maybe <laughs> just trying to light a fire. Maybe he's working with the organization as some sort of an advisor. So you know, he said something like, Who's Chris Chambers? Well, he's only the second best receiver they've had in a long time. Yeah, right? well, <laughs> many people for years to come are gonna be saying who's Devontae Parker. <laughs> Good comeback. So, Very nice. You know, listen, nice. The, the Dolphins aren't gonna offer you a ton of fantasy intrigue here. I like I said, I like we said last time, I think Drake it's going to battle touches with Gore. Balazs is going to get some touches. So I don't know how much of value Kenyon Drake will give you, especially the Week 16 match. If you tell me that's at home against Jacksonville, that's going to be very, very tough sledding for him. If Parker runs with this, he could be a threat. He could be someone to look at, but, you know, Kenny still. So the Dolphins here, fantasy value down the stretch, not too much for me. Like They're not going to be playing for much, and there's really not a ton of fantasy talent there for me to uh, really key on. I'm calling it now. Kenny Stills is one of my favorite players. He's in round 13. I think he's going to be the best wide receiver in Miami. Quickly on the Jets, 15 and 16, they have the Texans and Packers at home. I mean, the yeah, interest. I, I don't really know if it matters. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm happy the Jets were able to go out and hopefully get themselves a quarterback for the next couple of years. Yeah, obviously, I don't think he's going to be much of a factor fantasy-wise. Who's running the football? Is it Crowell, Powell, Robbie Anderson? Will he get on the field? Is he going to be arrested again? Is he going to tell a cop to you know piss off again? What, what, what is he going to do? So fade we, we, we don't prior know. year efficiency on Robbie Anderson. Fade prior year efficiency. And, uh, you're, you're very true, very right on that. And then Quincy Anunwa is coming off injuries. Yeah. So what are we looking at? Jermaine Curse. It's just they lose Austin's Ferry Jenkins. So what are we really looking at? I don't think you're really targeting much here for the Jets on the uh, fantasy front offensively in those championship weeks when we make the playoffs i can't wait to stick it to you with amari cooper because the raiders are home week 13 14 and 16 week 13 chiefs at home week 14 oh looky here the pittsburgh steelers at home and week 16 the broncos know a keep to leave at home i like amari cooper do you I don't know. Week 14, you know, our theme last year was revenge game. So are we going Cooper or are we going revenge uh, touche. game? Touche. You're that on your game tonight. Here, so. You are on your game. Very well played. I like that. Very you tell good. Me which we're gonna look well still- done, my friend. Very nice. Very Steel good. Steelers defense is still going to have some trouble. So week 14 is very, very, very in- uh, good matchup for them. Listen, last time they were out in the black hole, I remember Terrell Pryor as a quarterback running 95 yards for a touchdown on a quarterback, quarterback draw. So anything goes week 14. Guys will be 
you know, there to produce Cooper, Brian. Oh, it's a Sunday night game on NBC, probably, isn't it? Oh, probably, look at that. Probably, well, you know, that changes things because the Steelers are very good in prime time. Not on the, if it's on the road. On the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, you're the road king. <laughs> There'll be some value there at home. Those are guys you want to have at home. Derek Carr, if he stays healthy, somebody you're going to want to have at home if you waited late for a quarterback. And again, the wide receivers all offer some value uh, with those three games at home. Jimmy G, and I'm a huge Jimmy G guy. Go ahead, try to block me in our leagues. I want Jimmy G in all my teams. You can take your Breeze and your Aaron Rodgers early. San Francisco home, 14, 15, and 16. They're the only team on this list, partner, that's home those three weeks in a row. Who do they get? Broncos, Seahawks, and Bears at home. Seahawks, ooh, week 15. That looks very nice. It does, especially <laughs> no Legion of Boom around anymore. That, that Seahawks team all broken up on defense. And listen, that's pretty solid. You get three straight weeks at home from mm-hmm. the end of the season. I mean, you you would hope the the Niners will be in a position where they're 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 going to try to compete for a playoff spot here. Obviously, they, they they've changed some things around. The defense holds up, and Jimmy G shows what he showed us last year. This is a good spot here. Marquise Goodwin, very interesting play here. Uh, obviously, we're both fans of Jarek McKinnon, so he's a good play here. George Kittle. You're looking at a tight end play. He may offer some value. He could be I a streaming. Like George he could, Kittle. Look at you he, doing research. I like he, this. He could be. He could be <laughs> a streaming option for you down the stretch there as well. So that's really, really nice setup. And I am a Marquise Goodwin fan here. So that's the guy I will be targeting. Looking at drafts, I think he can definitely give you quality value from a quality spot. Him, he looked pretty good with Garoppolo last year. I know Garcon is there as well, but I think Goodwin has a chance to take the next step and be one of those uh, big-time wide receiver threats. Two more to go. Seattle is home weeks 13, 14, and 16, except for the trip to San Francisco. Just something to think about here. The games they're playing are San Francisco, Minnesota, and the Chiefs. But somebody I love following on Twitter, Ryan McDowell, at RyanMC23, put this puppy out today. In his nine years as an NFL offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, who is now Seattle's offensive coordinator, failed to produce a fantasy wide receiver one and just had four wide receiver twos. Just something to think about. Again, Rashard Penny, I think, is going to get fed. I still like Doug Baldwin because of his target share, but be careful here. I like Tyler Lockett, and I think you do as well, but folks, and now they have Brandon Marshall. Brian Schottenheimer does not pass the ball a lot. He's a run-first guy. Their offensive line is not good. Be careful in investing in those Seattle wide receivers. What do you think about the uh, Seahawks there at the end of the season? Home, San Fran, Minnesota, and Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, the tough matchups there, Kansas City and Minnesota. The home games are key, but, I mean, I, I like Baldwin. I think Baldwin is going to have a very, very solid year. The running back situation, I do need to Do you buy into from- the volume? So you buy into Doug Baldwin's volume? I do buy into the time. volume. Yeah. And listen, I know Brandon Marshall was signed recently. Yeah, I don't really know yeah, what he's got left. Tyler Lockett, I've been a fan of, but he Me has too. not lived up to the expectations. Yeah, that's that's Does he have a shot now? Sure. And Jerron Brown of the law firm of Brown yeah. & Brown right, right, gets right. separated. I doubt it. So, yeah, Baldwin, I think the volume's there. And, and no more Jimmy Graham either. So Ed Dixon comes in, who I also think is a sneaky tight end play. Yeah, late, in, in hashtag late, tight, late round tight end. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Unless it's Zach Ertz, and I'm all over it. But Baldwin's <laughs> volume here is good for me. Where do you take Baldwin. you take Zach Ertz in round three right now? We take him in round two. End of round two, we just take Zach Ertz. You have to, I'm not holding you. To no. it. I'm just saying hypothetically. No, I mean, could you envision a, taking Zach Ertz at the end of round two? 
No, I think I okay. think that those days of me drafting a tight end in the first round, I'll let Jimmy Garoppolo or gone. You know I'll never draft a Rob Gronkowski. I don't think you no, would I either. Wouldn't either. You know, with, with the injury concerns there, I've never really been a Travis Kelsey guy. So, yeah, I mean, Ertz now, you're looking at him, what, round four, round five? I'd be tempted if I if I picked – if I got a, an early pick, which I never do in the first round, but let's say I did, and I pick in the late second, early third, I could see a situation where I could take Kelsey – Right there at that turn, I could uh, you see, could I could take Kelsey. Yeah. It really, it depends on what you think of. Mahomes. I'm not taking Gronkowski, but I could take. Kelsey. No, I mean, I'm not taking Gronkowski either. Yeah. I mean, if you're telling me Kelsey or Gronkowski, I'd lean Kelsey as well. I'm I just, love Ertz. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a, a, a disdain for the Patriots or whatever it might be. You I call just, me biased against every just, AFC I North trust, team. I don't like it. I just don't the injury like Gronkowski. And Gronk- yeah, the Gronkowski injury injury concerns always bother me. But now you know, no Edelman for four weeks. I mean, does he get fed even more than he does? I mean, he's a matchup nightmare. We know that, but. I can't anymore. I've learned from my days. Graham was successful me years ago. Then he failed me once or twice, and I let it be. I will not go back that high. I am a Zach Ertz guy. I've been a Zach Ertz guy. If he's there and it makes sense, would I pull the trigger? He's probably the only tight end I would pull the trigger on. Um, you better be I, sure, man, because there's only one. The same rationale that we use for waiting on, on quarterback is the same rationale we're waiting on tight end because there's only one. You only start one. So unless it's a home run, it just doesn't make mathematical sense. Yeah, I mean, we'll look at you know just other guys that are surrounding him right now. Not an Alshon Jeffrey guy. Never happened. Kenyon Drake is there. Not really on the Drake Drake bandwagon. Kalen Balage, my friend. Kalen Balage. Well, yeah, but I mean, you're not taking him at 35 or 36 overall. Uh, no, so, no. <laughs> so that's what I was saying. So then, you know, Golden Tate, maybe because I do like Tate. Josh Gordon, where he's ranked, I think he goes higher than he's ranked to begin with. Can we, can, can we stop showing me pictures of his muscularness? Okay. Yeah, that doesn't, it. that means, no body fat. it doesn't mean anything to me. Rip. Okay. If you like him, the picture doesn't have, stop taking pictures that he, the Incredible Hulk would not be a great wide receiver. Arnold Schwarzenegger's biggest contribution to the Chargers is saying, go Chargers, go. Okay. On the field before the game. Enough with the pictures of the muscular. It doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. And when's the last time you had two Cleveland wide receivers in the top 45? Jarvis Listen. Landry sure, sure as heck not going to be there, but we'll get to that in a little, little while. Last one, Tennessee. What do you think about this? We've already talked a little bit about Henry and Lewis. Week 13, they are home against the Jets. Week 14, they're home against the Jaguars. And a tasty one, week 16, against the Redskins. You know, the Titans have a little bit of sneaky depth at the wide receiver position. It's funny. I look at some depth charts here. Corey Davis is listed as the one, which I think. It's Rashard Matthews. It's it's, Rashard Matthews. It's it's Rashard Matthews. But you do see spots here where Davis is listed as one. And then you get a Tajay Sharp coming back from injury, who we've seen put up some numbers in the past. You get another another year of Taiwan Taylor. So there's some depth there in the Titans wide receiver core, and then you get Delaney Walker, who's another year older, but he's Mr. Consistency, and then your boy Janu, when they throw out those uh, two tight end sets. I'm so nuts. If I draft Delaney Walker, there is a there is a 90% chance, unless you block me, that my last pick will be Janu Smith. I will well, be, I, I, listen, I will be I, team I, not, tight end drafting. <laughs> I am not drafting a tight end to block you. Uh, that won't happen. Wait, maybe wait some a minute. Hold on a second, maybe, partner. You know, some of our listeners are in our league that we are in the no, let, wait, multiple leagues. Maybe no, they will. Yeah, forget Bill Walsh. I'm coming after him this year. Listen, let's go back to last year. You admitted we had the argument, what, Rivers versus Winston. Correct me if I'm wrong in this one. Yes, we and had a then, trade and, argument. And then you took Rivers and I took Winston and I offered you, him to you like week two and you denied it. And I said, <laughs> but a week ago, you had him ranked higher did something happen in week one? And you admitted, you said, I will admit there's a small part of me that took Rivers. Coach because speak, you, my friend. Coach speak. You, Coach speak. 
It's all about coach speak, my friend. All right. Well, you like Tennessee, right? You like those three games at home. Um, I do. You know, healthy Mariota, you, you – you want to be at home when these games count, and I think the wide receivers will be legit. And, you know, again, I'm on the Derrick Henry bandwagon here. Um, I wasn't when he was splitting with DeMarco Murray. That that uh, situation is over with. Now he gets Deion Lewis. I don't really think Lewis is a factor. So, so, again, guys like this, guys like Mariota and Henry, you want these guys at home when it counts. So you're hoping for a bounce back for Mariota. I was very big on him last year. I think you were too. We were big – Disappointed, big I'm, time. I'm still on the ship. I'm still on it. So if you're still on that ship, yeah. I may be there. I don't know if the life raft out for me yet. We'll see. But Henry, I think, is a key here for the Titans uh, down the stretch. Let's talk about zero exposure. Give me two players that you feel, whether it's best ball, PPR, standard, whatever draft you do, Scott Fishbowl, we're hoping they're both going to be in it, that you're going to have zero exposure to. More than likely, you will never have these players on your team. Give me two because of their ADP. Go. Now listen, I'm gonna two guys I'm gonna throw out here will probably both be, you know, listeners are gonna throw their hands up like, what are you crazy? But here, I'll start with Saquon Barkley. Listen, I know he's talented. We've seen the tapes, we've seen the college footage. He's a good running back, maybe a great running back, and he may be great for a long time. But you're telling me he's an RB six, you're telling me he's ninth overall, he hasn't played it down in the league. Against an old line that was ranked 26 last year for the Giants. Yes, Nate Sold is here, but he's a year older. Eric Flowers is a question mark. You're going to try to move him to another position on the uh, on the offensive line. Eli Manning's inconsistencies. And oh, by the way, what happened to all that Paul Perkins hype we had last year? And I know they're not the same oh, running dude, oh back. Oh my god! Dude. But we heard Paul Perkins was going to be great in this Giant offense. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a job this year because he was cut and released. So I'm saying you're gonna take you're gonna take a, a Barkley over a guy like Hunt. You're gonna take him over Fournette, Gordon, Dalvin Cook, guys that have shown they can do it in this league. I just think the ADP is way too high. I get it, the talent's there. So for me, I will have zero to do with Saquon Barkley. So if I'm drafted ninth or eighth, whoever's behind me, don't worry, I'm not taking Barkley. Second guy for me, another one, probably throw your hands up, is Devontae Adams. Yes, I know Aaron Rodgers. He's the number one. Jordy's gone. I get it. I get the whole situation. But their 27th ranked schedule against wide receivers. And how about this for cornerback matchups? He's going to get Xavier Rhodes twice, Darius Slate twice. He's going to get Marcus Peters, Akib Tlaib, Patrick Peterson, and Josh Norman. That is eight games against top quality cornerbacks. Oh, and by the way, weeks 15 and 16 on the road in Chicago and at the Jets. I know the teams aren't good, but you're in cold weather cities where there's a chance there could be snow on the ground, there could be weather problems, and Jimmy Graham is there now to be a red zone threat. So to me, Adams has got the talent. I know he was successful with Brett Hundley, but I think at ADP, as his overall ADP is 18th, drafted as a wide receiver 8, it's too high for me. So for me, no Barkley, no Adams. So I agree with you on Barkley 100%. I will have 0% exposure to him as well. I just want to see how low this goes with Devontae Adams. You make a very strong argument about the, the cornerbacks he's going to face. I think that's very interesting. Let's see how low you will go. Tell me when you stop. Tell me which of these players you would not draft ahead of Devontae Adams. Ready? So just stop me when you hear somebody's name that you said, nah, I'd rather take Adams. Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, Doug Baldwin, Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill. Stop. Stop. Okay. okay. I so will you, not okay. take Tyreek Hill. So you would take Devontae Adams if he was at the end of round three. 
That's basically what it comes down I to. I would. And <laughs> okay, and that puts it. him and that puts him as what, you know, thirty six. That's pretty okay. much double what he's at right now. I just think eighteen uh, overall eighteen is just way too high or seventeen, eighteen is what he's projected at. Devontae Adams or Brandon Cooks? Uh Brandon Cooks, I'm gonna take Brandon really? Cooks. I like I think that Ram offense is gonna Even with have cu- some fun. with Cup and Woods? Oh, that is questionable. Wow. It, it could be questionable. I got my reasons. Right. And that's I mean I try to lay them out there for you. It's just you you you're looking for me. I'm not going to take him at that spot. And Brandon, Brandon Cooks is going where? Where's Brandon Cooks going right now? Brandon Cooks is yeah, he's going near the end of round four, early round five. Brandon Cooks is a guy I'm going to have 0% exposure to. The two that I wrote down for this one is Marvin Jones. I went over it already. I think Kenny Galladay is a huge factor. That's basically it. And I fade prior year efficiency. The other one I'm just going to mention here is Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry was fueled in Miami by being the top receiver, no offense, Devontae Parker, and getting massive, and I mean massive, volume. That volume is not going to be there. And if that volume is not going to be there, I don't see how he comes anywhere near performing at where he's being drafted. Right now, he's in round six. I, I know that looks like a great value. To me, it is not. Jarvis Landry had the lowest yards per catch of any receiver that had the top receptions like he did. If you take all the receivers at 100 plus receptions, his yards per catch is terrible. He had 112 receptions last year. It was led the league. I understand that. This is a different offense, Scott. He works in the intermediate to short routes. You have David Njoku there. You can have Duke Johnson out of the backfield and you have Tyrod Taylor who loves to run. I do not see him hitting Jarvis Landry a lot. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to go there. They're going to feed the ball to Josh Gordon. So if you know Josh Gordon's going to get volume and Hugh Jackson talks about how great he is and you think David Njoku could maybe have a slight uptick in targets and you know Duke Johnson's going to get passes and Carlos Hyde's going to get passes and the quarterback's going to be mobile. I don't see Jarvis Landry getting anywhere close to that. I'm sorry. He's a slot guy. If he was an outside guy, I feel differently. I love Corey Coleman. Evidently, they don't. I love Corey Coleman to go to the Cowboys. But for me, zero exposure, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry or Juju Smith-Schuster? Oh, you know the stats, man. You know this better than anybody. The stats on Juju when Antonio Brown was there are not great. I would take Juju Smith-Schuster, though, because no Martavis. Jarvis Landry or Michael Crabtree? Oh, oh my God. Are you kidding me? Crabtree may be my first wide receiver taken. I love Michael Crabtree. Crabtree's going 13 spots behind Landry. That's insane. I'll, I'll go on record right now. Here's my first crazy thing. That is absolute insanity. Michael Crabtree will outscore Jarvis Landry in PPR or standard. Book it. Write it down. Come at me on Twitter. Remind me of this. This is my Kareem Hunt prediction. Michael Crabtree will outscore Jarvis Landry. I don't care what the format is. He will outscore him. There's the whistle heading to the fourth quarter. Want to wrap it up here? Here we go. So, partner, I did a dynasty rookie draft. Now, this was my dynasty rookie draft that I did Not for the team that lost because I didn't play Ben Watson, okay? This was an orphan team that I took over. So for those that don't know Dynasty, you take over an orphan team, it means some guy did Dynasty League, his team's terrible, he dumps it. (laughs) Okay, so so you inherit the team. I ended up having to trade DeAndre Hopkins. He was my only piece. So I had some picks here and let's see how it went. I just want to go over and get your rapid response here. I'll go round by round. Tell me some things that jump out. Now, this is a 14-team Dynasty League, 14, not 12. Passing touchdowns only worth four. It is PPR. Tight ends get one and a half. So it's a tight end premium. And it's a super flex. So you can start two quarterbacks, which is why in the first round, it went Barkley, Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson at the fourth pick, Sam Darnold, Rashad Penny, Darius Geis, Nick Chubb, Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, Josh Allen, Calvin Ridley, Royce Freeman, and Cortland Sutton. So to recap, 
There's one, two, three, four, five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Calvin Ridley went. DJ Moore did not go first. Calvin Ridley went first. And the running backs were taken very early. Barkley first overall. Rashad Penny. Darius Geis was third. Nick Chubb, even though he's competition, Scott in the backfield in Cleveland. Ronald Jones at Tampa Bay. Sony Michelle, even though he fumbled already, by the way. Did you hear he fumbled in camp already? Uh, <laughs> that'll, go, that'll go well. With and the Royce Freeman in Denver. Anything jump out there at you? Cortland Sutton seems like he's buried, but both Sanders and Damaris Thomas may, may, may not be back next year. So for Dynasty, it's not a terrible pick. What do you think about the first round? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, just, just fact is only two wide receivers going long term here. Value, I think Calvin Ridley move is a good value long term in a Dynasty here at 12. Overall, obviously, all the quarterbacks are going to go because that's just how this happens here in these in these dynasty Super leagues. Super flex, yeah. Super you know, I mean, so Lamar Jackson at four. <laughs> you know what? There are a lot of people under the impression that at some point this year, Lamar Jackson's going to be behind center for the Ravens, and it was a small part of me that I thought about it. I'm still thinking about it. I'm not sure if I'm gonna lean that way or not. If he will be, but I would not be surprised. They are thoroughly impressed with him in camp. He's doing all the right things. He's got a good head on his shoulders. And Flacco needs a bounce back, so you never know. Lamar Jackson could make an immediate impact now. But, yeah, you look at the rest of this. To me, status quo here, running backs going, Penny, Geis, Chubb, Ronald Jones, I think, offer some sneaky value. I know a lot of people a lot of people in Tampa are big on Peyton Barber, but yeah, I think Ronald yeah. Jones could make an immediate impact here mm-hmm. for the Bucks. Sony Michelle, it's too many mouths to feed in New England. No, I don't like the Michelle pick at all. I don't make like it, it. make it uh, an immediate impact. But and Royce Freeman sneaky. I mean, I look like how Royce big, Freeman. Yes. How how high are they on Devontae Booker? We're going to find out. I think Royce Freeman's your starter. I absolutely yeah, agree. Yeah. It's very possible. So you know, so a couple of good ones there. I think the good value there at twelve, good value at thirteen. And I like the value at nine and well with uh, Ronald Jones. Second round, I had a couple picks here. I traded Carrion Johnson. I did not like him. I traded him already for draft picks in next year's draft. I did not like Carrion Johnson, but I took him basically to trade him, and it worked out. DJ Moore met, went next. I have that up two picks later in this round, and I thought DJ Moore would slip, so that bothers me because if Devin Funches isn't good, DJ Moore is going to be very good. Anthony Miller went next. Great wide receiver, I think, from Memphis and Chicago. Mike Gusecki, who should be, Scott, I think starting right away in Miami because he has no tight end competition. Christian Kirk, even though he's a slot guy with Larry Fitzgerald, he's going to be there in Arizona. I took Michael Gallup from Dallas basically because I think he's the only game in town, maybe not this year, but the year after. I did take Naheem Hines from Indy. Indianapolis. I went back to back there, hoping he becomes the running back. You can talk about James Washington of Pittsburgh. There's Kalen Balaj in Miami. Antonio Callaway has all those issues, but he's there with Josh Gordon in Cleveland. Very talented. Dante Pettis in the slot in San Francisco. Dallas Goddard, who stuck behind Zach Ertz. Mason Rudolph. I was offered Mason Rudolph. I have no interest in Mason Rudolph. I don't think he's the answer for Ben Roethlisberger, so I'm not ready to go there. Deshaun Hamilton with pick 14. Second round. What do you think? Yeah, I'm the opposite of you. I like Mason Rudolph. I liked him in okay. college. I All thought he wasn't. I, did, I thought he didn't get enough recognition coming out in the draft. I thought it was a great spot for the Steelers to go ahead and take him and put him as this potential backup. I know they drafted Dobbs last year and they got Landry Jones. We know Landry Jones He's is not throw the to future. James Washington, right? The college well, connection. Well, there, listen, right? I mean, I, I don't think that's a coincidence that that happened. So okay. you put it this way. I look at this, uh, you know, this order here. I kind of target the the seventh, eighth, and ninth picks in this round. You look at Naeem Hines as a chance to make that an, a boy? Immediate, make a an boy? immediate impact. James Washington most likely going to slide into the role that Juju played last year, with Juju now taking the spot that Martavis, uh, you know, the, at least the targets overall, taking the number two spot overall with Martavis Bryant gone. So James Washington could make some sort of impact. We, we didn't think Smith Schuster would, and he did. And then Kalen Bellage, we've talked about Got a couple him times. Got him too. Already. That was me. That was me. Yeah, yes. we've, we've talked about him a couple times already with Drake being, to us anyway, a question mark with Gore there and Bellage there as well. So you might have sneaked up some, you know, took up some good value here with Hines. 
and Bellage in that in that spot. Very nicely done there. Quick other, I think Rudolph gives you value down the road. Michael Gallup has a chance to make an impact if he's involved. DJ Moore obviously is going to have a shot right from the get go. Then you look at the rest of the way. Gusecki, like you said, could be an immediate impact player as well. So this 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 area here, I really target that uh you know two you know, the sixth overall and ninth overall in this round. That that foursome there could make a big time impact from Gallup to a Bellage. Fantastic. Those are my guys. Now we go to round three. I'm not going to go over all of them, but it's a couple that jump off the page. I really wanted Traquan Smith of New Orleans because I think Ted Ginn could actually be a cut candidate or I think his impact could be minimal. So I kind of like Traquan Smith, but I, I, he got, he went there way too early. Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews, two tight ends in Baltimore. Not going to say anything about that. Deion Kane, could he get a start in, in, uh, in Indianapolis? DJ Chark down in Jacksonville. Justin Jackson as maybe the heir apparent to Austin Eckler out with the Chargers. Equiminius St. Brown. That, I don't know why I took him. That was terrible. Do you know that the reason he slipped, he said he refuses to play special teams. Okay, you're in Green Bay, and he's a, he's really a second-round talent, they felt, but he slipped in the draft because he said, I'm not playing special teams, so that could be questionable. They like Kiki Kuti out in Houston. Jamon Moore in Green Bay actually probably has more value because he will play special teams. Ian Thomas is the heir apparent to Greg Olson. I like that pick a lot. And then I took Jalen Samuel's partner, end of round three as well. Yeah, well, we know you're anti-Le'Veon Bell, so that makes total, <laughs> that make, that makes total sense for you to take a Jalen Samuel. I did, I did. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see how that goes. James Connors there as well. So he'll start up as number three. Uh, you know, as you get as you get into this this area, Hayden Hurst. I mean, as a tight end, could he get some action in Baltimore? Maybe that that tight end position has been a revolving door. The injuries. All the passes are going to Michael people, Crabtree. You know, people. Yeah, well, yeah, it's possible. I doubt it. You know, um, you know, see Kyle Luetta here. Luetta going here. It's really irrelevant to me right now. Um, Kiki Kiki Cote could make an impact sooner than later with Houston. As we get in, yeah, as you get into this third and fourth round of these dynasty drafts, especially these rookie drafts, it gets more and more, you know, difficult to really break these down because who knows how they're all going to play out. But I mean, Samuels could be a sneaky play. I mean, Bell's expected to be there for week one. He won't be any earlier. Um, yeah, it's really it for me on that. Okay. Going to the fourth round. Mark Walton, Cincinnati, you not believe in Joe Mixon. Bo Scarborough, I think they like Rod Smith in Dallas, but Bo Scarborough there. Edo Smith is somebody I really wanted. I was annoyed because Tevin Coleman will probably leave Atlanta next year. So Edo Smith could step into a nice role next year. And Devonta Freeman is getting a little older. Josh Adams in Philadelphia. Jordan Wilkins, if you like him as the goal line back in Indianapolis. Troy Fumagalli in Denver has the four fingers. People liked him, but he has an injury now already in camp, so they're questioning that. And that was pretty much it for the rookies. Justin Watson, of course, flashes from UPenn out in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay really likes Justin Watson. I don't know where he can go. Maybe he can climb the depth chart eventually. But those are some thoughts there from round four. Yeah, I see some some veterans stuck in this. Oh, yeah, they're available. I took Luke Wilson. Yeah, a couple of those guys. Yeah, Cameron Artis Payne could have some value in Carolina. Who knows? They talk highly of him. Yeah, I agree. I think Rod Smith is the backup in Dallas, or at least for the immediate future. Ito Smith makes total sense if Tevin Coleman walks. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, too much, I think, in the backfield right now to make an impact with Hines and Marlon Mack there. And uh, Big Bicep Bob. So, <laughs> you look at that here. Again, you get into this fourth and fifth round. This gets to be, you know, yeah, guys guys who may eventually not even make a team and be on the practice squad. And Chester Rogers got drafted. Good for you, Chester. Way to be. Only uh, one I'll uh, say here uh, around five, I think that's worth noting. Last, last one here, Scott, is evidently the Cardinals love Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds went to Fordham, and they love him. And, the, and the, again, Coach Speak alert. Coach Speak. They're saying if David Johnson were to get hurt again, 
they would change nothing in the offensive game plan with Chase Edmonds. They love Chase Edmonds. Just something to be cognizant of. If Dave Johnson has a terrible injury again, they like Edmonds. Just saying. Yeah, well, listen, Edmonds maybe makes an impact. I'm hoping David Johnson stays healthy because when he's on the field, he's very exciting to watch. He's so young, still got tons of talent left. So a couple years from now, who knows, when contract time comes up for these guys, maybe, you know, Edmonds becomes valuable, but too uh too early for me to make really any judgment on a chase edmonds all right and that's all we got there we go we're, we're already in the swing of things man we just started here our second our week and we're back in the swing and we are and quickly let me not forget to remind our listeners that we do have a partnership here with draft.com if you're familiar with draft.com i'm gonna draft. be on it tonight com. i'm gonna be drafting tonight best ball yeah. league join me daily fantasy site with best ball leagues join us on draft.com you search draft in your app store or play right from your computer on draft.com for a limited time only, all picking up the Blitz listeners get a free entry into a real money football draft. Could be best ball. You could save it for later on down the year when it's ready to go for redraft season. But you have to use the promo code PUTB with your first deposit. You'll get a free entry into a real money game. That is the promo code PUTB when you make your first deposit of $5 or more. Once again, you can find draft in the app store, draft.com. Use the code PUTB. And that's pretty much it. So we'll be back again, folks. We're coming back to you again on Monday night. So we'll be out on Tuesday. We're covering things. We got some more teams, Scotty, coming out next week, opening training camp. Exciting time in the fantasy world. It sure is. And you can find us on Twitter. We got some, we'll get polls out there, ask any questions. We're usually around to answer them for you. We try to make ourselves as accessible as we can. When you got fantasy questions, we're there for you. Mike at Randall Rant, me at SCOT557, and the pod at PUT Blitz. Also on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. You can find us everywhere. Rate us five stars. Put us in your rotation. You know you like us, so stick with us. I'm going to draft right now. Scotty, join me. I'm going to smoke you. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Best ball style. You're going to draft DeMarco Murray. Get him up. <laughs> oh, we'll see you, folks.